I would like to talk about quiet quitting. So a few months ago, it would probably be close to more than six months ago, a very good friend of mine was visiting from Sydney and he said to me, I asked him how his work was going and he said, oh, I'm quite quitting at the moment. And I had no idea what he meant by that. I'd never heard of that terminology before. So he sent me an article um, to try, like texted me an article to explain to me what quiet quitting was. And then since then, and I don't think I'm looking out for it more, I've seen it everywhere. Like I've seen so much TikTok about it. I've seen lots of skits about it. And the other night I was out to dinner with Sarah and we were having a chat about um, quiet quitting and soft life. And I thought it would be really great to just have a conversation around that and what we think the actual meaning of that is and if any of us are actually doing that themselves. So do you want to tell us what you think quiet quitting is? So I think quiet quitting is going to your job and doing your job and doing your job well, like doing everything you're meant to do, but then literally at five o'clock you're walking, if that's the end of the day, you're walking out, you're not taking any work with you, you're not staying late, you're not doing anything on the weekend, literally you're living, you're working to live, not the other way around, you know, so you're not living to work. Um, And I think pre-COVID I was living to work in my previous job and I was doing crazy hours and I was doing so much after hour stuff and running around on my lunchtime. And now post-COVID, like I go for a walk during my lunchtime and I just enjoy the sun. I always have my lunch now, whereas I used to skip a lot of meals. When it comes five o'clock, I might just finish the day and finish off some notes, but I don't take anything home with me anymore. So to me, that's what, and I think quitting's the wrong word. Yeah. It's not, but that's what they call it. I, because there's no way I'm still not doing my job or have any intentions of quitting. But I think I'm more conscious of doing the work but then still having a life outside of work. I so, feel like yeah. people call it quiet quitting, but I've looked into it and I'm like, isn't this just called setting boundaries? Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Well, I read this article by a guy called Derek Thompson who said what people are now calling quiet quitting was in previous decades simply known as having a job. <laughs> like I, and he actually goes on to um, outline the data that shows that maybe it's a bit of a, a, a false phenomenon that actually in America at least um, workplace engagement, like the question they asked in the survey is how committed are you to your job has been steadily increasing for, for years and years and years and yes, slightly declined in um, 2022 but still higher than it was um, in say 2000. So yeah, I think there's probably more to unpack there in terms of what it means and and sort of how widespread it is. Because when I first heard the phrase quiet quitting and to be fair, I haven't read heaps about it, but I was thinking it was people who would show up to work and then like play solitaire all day or, you know, just stare at their screens and like pretend to be working um, and then would like leave right on five. And I see a lot of memes of like people going, oh, you know, I arrived at work and then got ready to leave and my boss reminded me I've still got six hours left of my Monday and kind of being like there seems to be a sentiment of I'm going to work but I'm not doing work and I don't want to be here. And whereas in it sounds like 
what you guys are talking about is actually quite a different thing. So I wonder if there's almost two phenomenons that are happening that have been conflated and there's some people who are perceiving it as people who are not actually doing their job and hence trying to quit quietly and almost a passive-aggressive like if my boss then lets me go or if my contract doesn't get um, renewed, then I'm not in this job anymore, but I can't be bothered to actually be like, I don't want to be here anymore and take active measures to do that. But, you know, what you're talking about, like I know I have a challenge with boundaries and work and I, you know, can count probably on one hand how many weeks or weekends where I haven't worked over time. But I also know that that's kind of what my job demands of me. Like there's so much that we do have to do in our spare time or on weekends because it is things like writing papers or grants which you need like quiet time and undisturbed time and you don't really get that during a work day and so I was like mm, what would quiet quitting I, I couldn't actually do my job if I was to work within the bounds of nine to five I don't think. Do you feel like you get a lot of fulfillment from your job stuff? So the things that I do end up often having to do outside of the nine to five or, you know, I, I'm a morning person, so I'll often start work at like 7am and write for two hours before my day starts or I'll, I'll write on the weekends. They are the things that bring me joy. Like I love the process of creating and writing and um, thinking and doing those deep dives. Um, and so I'm not resentful, but if it was parts of my job, like doing the budgets or doing administration I think I would really be resentful of that like that I wouldn't cope with having to do out of hours. I didn't think about you're probably right that's where quiet quitting started it's probably people coming to work and being on Facebook and things like that and then eventually they they quit Mm. or the work lets them go quiet firing I've heard that but yeah I think it's maybe it's been hijacked a bit about people they're still calling it quite quitting, but you're absolutely right. What Sarah was saying about is talking about doing your job now. You know, it's gone more to that that sort of way. Yeah, because we are um, a, a kind of society which who are overworked. Like we are, a, we are known for being overworked and burnt out, and that's a lot of the narrative. And you know, the great resignation of um, 2022, I think, was a reflection of that as people rethought their boundaries. But for me, that's not quiet quitting. That's kind of going, what's my health and well-being and I need to get like the balance back versus passively, aggressively sitting there and doing reels or something. You know what blows me away as well is if I, because often with work, like I'll post dental related things on my Instagram story and it blows me away the amount of people who I know are at work in like lawyer jobs or lawyer jobs like you know like those corporate jobs where you think that they're busy and how quickly people pop up in your story I haven't viewed it I'm like are you just sitting there all day just like scrolling like how are you fitting this into your day like Mm -hmm. it blows my mind the amount of people but that's you're probably viewing it from the type of job that you've got that we just have one patient after another and you can't even look at your phone or your computer and you just boom 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 and so the only time you can pick up your phone is like at lunchtime or the start of the day whereas a lot of these people have got all their electronics in front of them at all times Mm. and they could be working but then they see that come up on their phone and they go I can't have a quick 
I'll have a quick little diversion and have a look at that, you know. Whereas probably you and I in our room, our diversion is having a gossip with the patient about something, you know, where <laughs> we're having a little break or they're having a rinse out or something like that and we, we can't look at our phones during that time. Side note, my worst nightmare is a dentist trying to have a side conversation <laughs> with me. Why are they trying to talk to me? I've got stuff you know, in your mouth. You've got stuff in your mouth and you're trying to rinse and you're like numb and you can't, like, you're dribbling and they're like, so what are you doing? <laughs> you're just like, oh God. I really chat to my patients. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I had this conversation with uh, another dentist actually. Um, and he is very successful. He's based in Laguna Beach in the US. And he actually was telling me, because I'm like super gung-ho, like I, I could not quietly quit the job that I'm in because it would be very obvious. And I don't want to either because dentistry is a hobby for me as well. Like I'm very happy to read textbooks on the weekend or write articles or I live and breathe it. But he was saying to me, you have to be very careful because you will hit a point where you will burn out. And I've burnt out before in the past, but he had quite a, a bad episode of it and had like some pretty scary thoughts. And he was saying like, you can't have your identity so closely tied up because if things and when things do not go the way that you want them to be, you will take it very personally and statistically it will happen. I want to try and shift rather than quietly quitting shift away from my identity being that I am a dentist to I am Amelia and I do dentistry but because yeah. I actually don't know who I am outside of being a dentist because that is who I am to the vast majority of people who know me. That's really interesting Amelia and I guess as someone who is the next gen up from where you are I feel like a lot of my 20s was mastering my art and hence my identity was what I was doing. So I am Dash and I am an academic and I feel like it's only now in my 30s that I'm starting to emerge from that and kind of create a separate identity outside of work but also be like, okay, I know I've mastered that and I'm an expert in that but I want to be a leader and known for more than that. And so I wonder whether that is something that you kind of need to go through at the start of your career to kind of be like, you are mastering this. Like this is something you're investing a lot of energy and thought and thinking about and practice. And then maybe as you grow into the next stage of career, it might be less of something that you're holding on to as an identity. I don't know if you guys felt that 20s to onwards. I never view Amelia as Amelia the dentist and never have, just never had, because you've got so many other things that you do. Um, yeah, it's certainly not something I've ever identified you with. That's but it's sure. not necessarily what you would see. It's yeah. how she makes sense the of sense. herself. Like, yeah. what is my identity? And as, yeah. as Amelia just said, who am I outside of dentistry? But that still surprises me because she's... Like Amelia, you've been DJing and you, you've got a, you know, all those different types of Instagram pages and you're here doing a podcast and, yeah, you just do so much outside of dentistry. I don't even know how you have time for the dentistry sometimes. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. But did you guys feel like in your 20s it was a strong thing? It was all work? about dentistry for me. Yeah. Only because I owned a practice really young as well. So I bought my first practice at 23. So it was... All that, that was all I was about, my small business and my dentistry for many, many years. Yeah, for mm. many years. Um, that's what I identified as. And 
that's actually a big thing in the medical industry. And when people have to segue out of those careers, it's very difficult. It's a big conversation a lot of us have uh, about, well, what else can I do? I'm a doctor or I'm a dentist and I don't know what else I can do. And and like I've had, I can't believe how many times I've had that conversation with people going, no, 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 you're more than that. Like you've run a small business and you this and you that. And they just, it's really hard to see. Mm. It's really, really hard to see. And then also, I, I suppose going back to what you say, Amelia, when you have that conversations with your family and like I remember saying to my parents that I wanted to do more than dentistry and they're just dumbfounded. Why wouldn't? Why would you want to be anything else than a dentist? Like you studied all those years and like that's a career people want to be. Why, why would you want to be anything else? It's really confusing to them that you want to... Whereas with my sisters, they've had careers in all sorts of industries, you know. They've moved from one industry to another industry. And, and I feel some, um, some envy of that, that they've had such varied experiences in different industries. I really do. I think it just it really depends on where, what career you've chosen. For, the, for these kinds of careers, that this vocational pull, it is part of your... Uh, saying I'm a doctor, I'm a dentist. Um, it's a different lens of viewing work uh, for someone for whom uh, it, a job, it's, you know, a job is a job and it facilitates other aspects of their life that mm. they've prioritised. Um, but, yeah, I think for both of you, that's quite a different viewpoint um, mm. from many people who are arm's length from a job and what that job constitutes of changes over time but it's there to pay the bills and to let them actually do the other things that they want to or it's there to just as a means for them to survive Mm. right so yeah I think it's a different viewpoint to Mm. that and that quiet quitting yeah would look different I think in different industries yeah because if you were going to do the quiet quitting, like the one that you were talking about, Dash, about, you know, eventually you're just, you know, you're going to work and not doing your job. How do you finance that? <laughs> well, this is a good thing, right? So this happened to me yeah. where I had a staff member and like working in research, our budgets are so tight. So often what we get funded for doesn't actually cover the cost of staffing and all of the things. So we're already running at a pretty tight budget. And I had a young person working on our team who I think quietly quit and I think there was stuff going on in their personal life. And so it's just interesting because I could see like documents that they had apparently been working on all day and nothing had changed. Like I would look at it at the end of the day and nothing had changed or, um, and I eventually just didn't renew their contract because I was just like, you're costing me money. Like Mm. I actually can't, the work still has to get done. And I got so resentful because I remember then working on those documents after hours and on the weekends because that person hadn't done the work and I was like well it's due like we have to get this report in and we've got to present on this and so I have to do all of this work and even calling them out on it and kind of being like oh you know I'm noticing you know are you okay you know what's going on I'm noticing you haven't been like actually doing the work but it was just like a really interesting response like yeah I'm just not feeling it right now Mm. and I was like okay well we're paying you still. 
Like, you may not be feeling it, but we are paying you to do a job and we don't have enough of a budget to absorb the I'm not feeling it kind of sentiment. So I don't know, maybe I feel strongly about it because I was like burnt by that a little bit. So where do we feel we're at in our own careers? As in, I was all about my dentistry and I, my husband and I were having a talk about this topic last night and he was saying, you used to work seven days a week. I was going, no, I didn't. And he goes, you would literally do the dentistry for five days. And then he he said, you'd go into your office on Saturday and Sunday and run your business. Like, he, he says, I just think you've blocked it from your mind. But he was saying literally seven days. And now I only do dentistry three days a week. And of course, I don't own the small business anymore. So... Uh, if, if I'm not, I'm not obviously thinking of quite quitting in the right way, but I feel like I'm, I'm getting a bit more better balance in my life. Mm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm working to live. I'm yeah. doing, I'm doing that now. But is that because of the age that I'm at? I'm in my fifties and, you know, I've done all the hard slog and all the, the hard years. I just don't need to prove anything to anyone anymore. You know, I can't dip in or dip out. Like if I don't maintain the numbers of papers I write, the number of grants I get, the number of projects I deliver, I can't keep progressing. So either I have to have like a hard conversation with myself as to do I want to stay in academia, but I love academia, absolutely love it, but it's it's very hard to do it part-time. It's very hard and, and it's a big conversation our industry has for um, people who have children or who have other things that mean that they can't necessarily work full-time and how that's reflected in then getting funding and um, promotions and all of those types of things. So I feel like I'm kind of in a space where I just have to suck it up and do it. But Sarah, I'm interested in your experience with this. Well, I think your 40s is a time where it's a bit of a sweet spot because Mm. maybe you've come through that 20s where you're trying to solidify your knowledge base and your expertise and, um, yeah, you, you have... You can still... You're still learning... Uh, you're more stable and sure of of yourself and what you're doing, um, but there's still a lot of potential. So mm. yeah, I'm really happy with with where it's at, at at this generation. So is anyone here quite quitting? Then it doesn't sound like it. No, no, no. I got quietly fired. Yeah, tell us that story. <laughs> tell Amelia. us the story about being quietly uh, fired. I had to fire myself pretty much. I had to send my own termination uh, email. But being a contractor, it's quite hard because I don't really have the protection of an employee. So like, it's just one of those things. It is what it is. It went like a week and I didn't have any like knowledge or like wasn't told by the corporate, oh, this is like the next step. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to send my termination email uh, saying moving forwards, I have been terminated working here as of the principal decision. I do think it is hard for businesses at times because it is challenging to, if somebody's not feeling it, but they're not willing to pull the trigger to say, you know, I don't want to be here anymore, to actually sever that tie in an employee-employer relationship, it takes a lot of time. And it's, it's almost, it is like a slow process to have somebody leave. And it can be very unpleasant for both parties. Like it's quite toxic. I just want to preface, I'm very good at my job. Yes. <laughs> but it just that just sounds really like to write your own termination email, like it was so bizarre. I mean, and did you was... Google how to write my own termination email? Like the words to put in? Like that's Luckily just... I have uh, friends in HR, so it's yeah, like, fair. what do I write? It is what it is. Let's move forwards, nothing personal, even though it's entirely personal. <laughs> <laughs> 
own it. <laughs> own it. I hate that saying, it's nothing personal, it's just business. Yeah. I actually hate that saying. It is always personal. Always. Yeah. I don't like, feel maybe that. Maybe not for them, but for the other person it no, is. No, but I think it depends because, like, f- I'm someone who has to give people feedback on work all the time. Yeah. And so, um, you know, particularly on papers, like how to write better or, you know, if your argument is coming through. And one of the things that for new staff or new students is to say, this is about the work. This isn't about you. Mm. This is about the work. This isn't personal. So in those situations, I think it's really important to untangle it. But if it is a relational kind of, I don't like you, and then I'm saying it's not personal, it's business, then I agree with you. That is still personal. But I do think that there might be also some generations who aren't used to getting feedback and, you know, they've grown up in a situation where they've always been told how good things are and then they get into the workforce and suddenly they're being told, oh, this sentence needs to improve or this, you need to be doing X, Y and Z and they're like, what? Well, I'm of the generation where we all got participation ribbons. (laughs) So, (laughs) like, it is hard when people are like, that's not good enough. It's very personal because it's always been like, oh, you tried, hooray for you and... That's not how the world works. I feel like my generation, we're hard on ourselves. Sometimes I look at something and the patient goes, I love it. And I go, no, 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 I'm just going to fix this. I'm just going to just do this tiny little thing. And I don't know if the patient would even pick it up. So would you describe yourself as a perfectionist? No, I wouldn't. And, And so it's bizarre. And I think that's why, going back to the very start, that I find the days so full on, like I'm working really hard and not just physically, but mentally as well. It's always a mental game for me, dentistry, that I just can't take that home with me. I can't work longer than those hours because sometimes um, my work say to me, um, or different works have said to me, oh, it'd be great if you could do an extra day and and (laughs) like you'll laugh. I say to them, if you want this Fiona, if you want this Fiona at work every day, this Fiona can't do more than three days of dentistry. Mm. I can bring her three days, like no problems at all. And on certain occasions I can fill in and do an extra day here and there, but I can't I can't do more than that because I just give everything during those hours, everything. So but I, I can't do that every day. You're a huge empath though. Like you take on people's emotions yeah. like hugely. And I think you have... People who gravitate you for that reason gravitate to you for that reason. Um, but it is very draining. Very so draining. sometimes, I, you know, like when you're talking about the five days, I, mm. I, I could work five days and that's probably, you know, like the podcast, for example, but I can't do five days of that, that job in yeah. particular. I just can't do that. I just love hearing how much you know that now of yourself. And, you know, I, I kind of go maybe that's something like when I'm at your age that I'll be able to do better and and navigate better and and we'll be in a space maybe where financially it's okay to do three days where it is full on but then kind of go I can do stuff on the other days which are less intense I feel like the intensity of work sometimes can be breathtaking Hi, it's Sarah. Thanks for taking the time to listen to us here at the XYZ Experiment podcast. Don't forget to leave a rating and review. And if you enjoyed our show, make sure you tell all your friends and family and, of course, subscribe. Uh, Follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment. You'll get all our latest updates and news. And a big shout out to Luke Champion, who composed our original music. 